Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show here together, quarantining it up. We're talking about some Deke era G.I. Joe this week. This is Knowing Us Half the Podcast, and I am Ray Stacanis. Robert Clark Chan. I'm Gina Ablito. Oh, wow. You guys actually said your names this time. This is, there a, was a, pause. This is a new dawn. There was, there was a pause before Chan said his where I was wondering. <laughs> well, he was trying to come up with a bit, clearly. Clearly <laughs> trying to come up with a bit. Couldn't. And just said, oh, fine. F it. I'm just going to say. Uh, actually, I was doing some paperwork over here for uh, later editing purposes. So. Oh. Oh. Mm, yeah. Look at so, you. Spicing up the show with a little editing talk. Too, <laughs> too busy to make with the funny. Okay. Let's get on with this comedy <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, we're talking about G.I. Joe. We're talking about Kindergarten Commandos, an episode that two of the three of us did not think was very good, and Gina Ippolito will defend it. I didn't say I loved it. I just said I didn't hate that it. Is, that's I believe too I, far already. Way too far. <laughs> yeah, I think your exact words were the best 24 minutes of television I've ever seen. Oh, okay. That is was true. That, that's true. Okay, you did say how okay. Many, I, all, how many Emmys did this episode win? Uh, I'm looking here at the Wikipedia. All of them. Literally, oh, just every Emmy. Even ones it shouldn't have, like best drama series You know, in primetime. That means they got it right once. Well, this particular episode was written by Doug Booth, who we know because he was like the head writer of season one of Deke Era uh, G.I. Joe. And he also wrote all of Operation Dragonfire. And he wrote some of the original Sunbow episodes as well, though I didn't take the time to actually look up which ones they were. But I know he did. Yeah, I feel like they reached out to every original Sunbow writer and said, hey, how do you feel about taking like a 60 percent pay cut? And good old Doug Booth was the only one that was like, well, I got bills to pay. Well, like I said, I think they brought in Doug Booth was the head writer. So it's like he he's the person they actually put all the money at <laughs> and said, Doug, just make it happen. <laughs> Didn't work out so well. And, and Bless him. Well, I mean, they got the show made. So, I mean, that's something. Get, get, that seems... That's real strong words to be using for what this agglomeration of images and sounds is. <laughs> to say that it got done, it, yeah, like it got out the door. I don't know that all of the pieces <laughs> that were intended to be there made it. There's a there's a layer a layer of scrap behind the truck as it drives away, <laughs> without question. Um, the one thing that we've complained about in uh, Deke era GI Joe is the fact that Cobra went from being a relatively competent. Uh, evil organization with clear goals and uh, a crazy but achievable paths to uh, get those goals. And then G.I. Joe just kind of stops them because they're all superheroes. Our biggest complaint about the Deke era is the fact that Cobra is never to be seen as a threat. They're only to be seen as a joke. And so they go out of their way repeatedly to make us just like laugh at Cobra as opposed to see them as a true enemy. And I think that is really on display in this particular episode more than maybe even any other Deke era episode that we have seen. But here's the thing. I, I will defend it in terms of a lot of the Deke era episodes start and, and their only plan is get, get a bunch of money. And it's just very weird. Uh, And in this one, I actually thought, Oh, okay. Brainwashing kids 
that's a that's a pretty evil plan. Nominally on paper, uh, brainwashing the kids. Look, there are uh, uh, certain groups around the country that have already started doing this with their right. textbooks, and you know, and the, the ones that portray uh, um, a certain era in American history, and they like to talk about how benevolent the people who perpetrated these crimes were. Uh, if you know what I'm talking yeah. about, I and know. this definitely <laughs> felt, right at the beginning. I was like, whoa. And I was what I was trying to do was parse out Doug Booth's politics, because at that time and given the context of this cartoon, uh, it could have gone either way. He could have been like a real right wing nut who was like, oh, the liberals are going in and changing all the textbooks and like uh, uh, destroying our uh, important Confederate history kind of thing. Or he could have been like. You know what the uh, the GOP are uh, going in and they're you know uh, eliminating all you know all of the uh, black people from history and you know we this is a real yes. bad thing um, and because it's the show is so dumbed down it's real hard to tell if that was intentional satire <laughs> one way or the other or not That's at true. all and it was just like a a fun way to put um, children into the cartoon. Um, oh, and boy. so like put the word fun in quotation marks. Oh, absolutely. I'm sorry. Uh, I, f- <laughs> I feel like my index and middle fingers are cramped from having to put quotation marks around so many things <laughs> in the Deke era now. Sure. Um, but like the fact that like it's, it's feels like satire, but it's so wishy-washy. There's no way to tell if it is or not, like, especially rankled me. You yeah. just have to go to his Facebook page <laughs> and look and see how many American flags are displayed on it, <laughs> or if his Twitter handle includes an American flag. Right, and then you'll it, be. It's, it's funny to me because in the Sunbow of all the writers we've talked to now from the Sunbow era, the, the the few that we've been able to speak to, they're all over the place as far as politics go, and I think that's kind of neat in a way. I don't think. Yeah, I don't know if we've talked to anyone who's like real right wing, have we? Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Maybe. I thought there I thought there was like that there was, you know, a um uh a um uh god my brain is not working. Uh uh you know, no government. What's the libertarian libertarians. Yes. I thought there was a libertarian. That is correct. And that's fair that's basically right wing. Uh uh it's it's you know <laughs> Basically, it's right wing. Not the same as right wing. Have you? Oh no! It basically, is. I mean, you obviously not talked to enough libertarians. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they're a, a weird variety of right wing, but they're definitely right wing. Yeah, it's very right wing, and but I also like weed. That's <laughs> yeah, basically I will, That's basically I will off right the there. air tell you about one of our friends who, up until a year ago or so, was a libertarian. You'll be surprised. You <laughs> it's a. Uh, it, Re- really, Eileen Mary O'Connell was a libertarian. That's <laughs> hard O'Connell. to believe, but yeah, I guess I can see it now. Thank- she wrote a treatise about a goofy movie that was very much about the government staying out of our business. Why is Ayn Rand in this a goofy thing. movie recap? <laughs> All right, out of politics, let's talk about this very political episode of GI Joe. I mean, it starts out with a building on fire, and you just know um, those lousy looters were behind it. Can I say right now? It starts out even before that with something that I didn't notice until I went back to kind of like see who wrote the episode is it starts with a a sign, a Cobra sign outside of a facility. And the best part about this Cobra sign is it was clear that the people who drew it started to write it and then started realizing they were running out of room. And so you have a giant C, a big O, a medium B, uh, a medium R, and then the tiniest, tiniest A you could possibly fit in the remaining space. And I howled when I actually took a full look at it. That's uh, guys, a good visual joke. Worth it. And it's uh, uh, and whether or not it was intended or not. A- I'm going to assume it wasn't. Intended. How do you think animation works? <laughs> I don't know. People draw it. things. Why don't you tell us how that Cobra was- Commander's finger got there where it was? Oh, please, oh yes. God. You're going to defend the animation in this episode, please. You're the uh, one who literally messaged us hours ago just about this one Cobra Commander frame. It's so weird. It's so weird looking. If you remember when you're editing this later, post it in the group because it's so weird. Oh, it's getting posted. That's for sure. I sent a bunch of screen grabs of this episode. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yes, you did. And they're not all sexual, which is strange. <laughs> I know. They're high. There haven't been any secret dicks in, in recent episodes. Well, oh. In like an episode. <laughs> I mean, I would argue that that Cobra Commander finger might have been oh, boy. <laughs> covert. Oh, boy. Um, Ding dong. But this, that, 
this episode opens with a building on fire and we're like, okay, this hardly seems like a Cobra versus GI Joe. If it's an arson case of a warehouse that already made me angry because they call it a warehouse. This thing is like 40 stories tall. Like who looks very builds large, a warehouse. Yes. That's also a skyscraper. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's New York city. That's all I could think uh, of. Or even the warehouses are 60 stories high. <laughs> uh, uh, overkills there and we find out it's a school book warehouse where they they hold school textbooks for children okay can i just say mercer mercer who, who metal arm guy who i couldn't couldn't really remember he is like a less fun shipwreck he looks exactly like Shipwreck. Now, Mercer first appeared. He's been in other episodes of Deke before, I think, in this season. Yeah, uh, I mean, they were He's a cool character. It. Yeah, because he was a character who was first debuted in G.I. Joe the movie. He looks a thousand times different than he looks here when he's fake Shipwreck, so I don't really understand. It took me a while to even accept that that was Mercer because <laughs> he's so wildly different. Um, he but basically like, went from it, looking like Guile in Street Fighter 2 uh, with all the muscles to a doughy Shipwreck. It's bizarre. But like this... Uh, like if this was not a Deke era episode, that this this part would one hundred percent be played by Shipwreck, the guy that has to interact with the children. Oh, absolutely. And and, and I found myself wishing it was just Shipwreck. <laughs> and I, I could I could foresee a world where it was like Leatherneck if it was season two because they had that episode in the uh, Southeast Asian uh, with all the kids. No, uh, you South get out of here. It's Shipwreck or nothing. <laughs> Wasn't but there? No, it should be shipwreck. Yes, but remember that episode where shipwreck reads a story to the little mm-hmm. kids. Once upon a Joe. Yeah, it's excellent. And and yes, yeah, shipwreck interacting with children always a delight. Mercer, this is almost to the. It's not quite as bad, but it's almost like just putting low light in there with the children. <laughs> I mean, he's just, really brings he, nothing. To he's the just kind of bland. I wanted. I wanted bland. a jokester. I wanted a shipwreck. In yeah, his. You just wanted a personality. His deal is that he used to be a cobra and then he turned and now he's a good guy and so. Yeah. They, they use him a lot as sort of the uh, audience cipher because, like, yeah, he's he's supposed to be the the Joe that you root for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it, but he's real milk toast. Yeah, he, he really is. So GI Joe shows up with their rescue uh, fire prevention helicopters, and they douse the they drench the book building, which seems like a terrible idea. It is. They douse it with water. And it is like to what Chan said, it is very tall building. Uh, so who knows? Uh, Mercer ends up going in there. He ends up stealing a book from one of the Cobras that he captures and he sees it's an alternate textbook. Now, why this Cobra trooper happens to be bringing that into battle is a little strange. Yeah, he just has a satchel with one copy of it in yeah. there. Like, like <laughs> this is my, you know, for the downtime when uh, we're like it on the way, you know, and it's got nothing to do. I'm just going to read a book. You know, because it's before you can yeah. uh, uh, bring like a, a Kindle or, you know, a phone, a uh, book on your phone. <laughs> I remember. This I time. will say that this is a very, very long term plan. OK, yes, I've made the same note. Yes. To, to brainwash the kids. I mean, like, like, again, don't get me wrong. I like that it's different. I like that it's not just, oh, we're going to steal some money. I like that they're like, hey, what if we tell a different version of history? What if we fake news this? How Mm -hmm. long will it take people to buy it? I would say it took America since 2016 to completely buy uh, what our insane president is selling. So not that long. But he starts, they're starting with such a small sample size to brainwash. Like it's going to take a long time to brainwash all of America's kids. And then I'm not quite sure what the end goal is. 30 years from now, they question mark. Gina, I'm not even kidding. Almost word for word, I have written down what you just said because I have questions and I want to get into this in just a moment. I just I have a spot marked in the plot where I'm like, let's take a moment to walk through exactly what this plan yeah. is, yeah. Uh, which we will. The we fact will that Cobra Commander is there doing it himself. I was just watching Star Trek 2 today and um, like the captain of the Royant, fucking Paul Winfield, uh, uh, beams down to the surface along with Chekhov. And I was like, right, he's the captain of the goddamn ship. And like, how is Starfleet structured so that they always have to send down the captain of the ship for like routine reconnaissance? You have like a ship full of people. Why would you send the damn captain every single time? And it's not just like the Enterprise and like Kirk was a a wackadoo and like maybe Picard was also like, you know, 
Like, I need to be into this. Apparently, all of Starfleet does that. Uh, what the hell is Cobra Commander? Like, is he the best teacher they have? The best child communicator? <laughs> like, why? I, got he, I think he doesn't trust other people because he used it in, in Sunboy era. He had he had reliable people. He could send Destro or the Baroness or uh, Tamat. No, Storm Shadow, Zamat, Tomax, Firefly. He could have he sent a lot of capable people. Major now blood. he has the, the guy that has something wrong with him. Yeah. And that's pretty much well, it. Every person on his uh, team right now has some sort of like brain problem. <laughs> it, is, it is upsetting. Which that also, these are his, by the way, have we ever seen this purple guy before uh do you yes. mean the uh the the two uh slice and the dice ninja. yeah uh slice oh, and dice the ninjas we he... first saw them in the ninja episode yeah, like two episodes the ago okay because i don't like that his voice is it sounds like someone is trying to sort of do a cobra commander impression yes and it does. also he looks and sat his whole persona feels very he-man okay like like in the He-Man universe, it does not seem to belong in a. I mean, it doesn't help that everybody's he's all just, primary colored out, and you know, like there's like pink ninjas and yeah. green ninjas, and like everybody's uh, just like crazy neon colors. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, is you got you got two ninjas, slice and dice, uh, to replace Storm Shadow. Now, why you would ever choose to do that is insane. Uh, but you have two ninjas, slice and dice, and. Uh, 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 and they, they, one talks and the other one doesn't really talk and they both lose every battle that they fight and there's your two ninjas of Cobra. Mm-hmm. They get defeated 1v2 by virtually everyone. Also, uh, uh, we, can get, we can talk about the mustache later. Let's move on. Well, we'll, we'll get into that, yes. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, so Mercer ends up uh, showing up at the uh, the Cobra, uh, Cobra book warehouse, and he has a camera phone, which given that this is, what, like 1992 at this point, that's kind of cool. We didn't have camera phones. I mean, he, they basically, G.I. Joe invented camera phones is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, if Star Trek The Next Generation invented the iPad around the same uh, time era, I would argue right now G.I. Joe, Deke era, invented the camera phone. Huh. I will not they be hearing arguments job of it. Oh. <laughs> uh, yes. So uh, Road Pig uh, shows up and we've seen Road Pig before. He's a, the new Dreadnought and uh, uh, it keeps him, you know, it gets him pinned down. So Mercer's got to run away. This is the uh, shirtless guy. The shirtless guy, the God, big tall guy. I, I hate all these people. <laughs> yeah, that's that's OK. So this I, is what I wrote. Sucked, they've even sucked the joy out of shirtless okay, cartoons <laughs> for me. I mean, Deke, listen to yourselves right now. <laughs> That's an outrage. Uh, this is where I wrote down. Let's walk specifically through the plan. So I'm just going to kind of go through step by step what Cobra's plan in this episode is. Uh, a lot of it Gina kind of touched on before, uh, but I just want it all on the record so it's clear. So Cobra Commander has decided that the way to improve Cobra is to uh, p- poison the mind of children with fake history that is easily refuted, but shows up <laughs> just in textbooks. And apparently teachers are brain dead and they will just teach these textbooks without actually like worrying about the fact that they're not real. That Cobra no, commander gets, didn't actually cross the, the teachers, but he okay, gets well, rid of the teachers. Okay, sure. Now here's the thing is they send these, they, they burn down all the old books and they send out the new textbooks to all the schools uh, in, in America. We're just going to assume part of that is, Apparently, they really focused hard on just one uh, elementary school where there was a class of six children. Very diverse, by the way. So they send literally the biggest ballers you can. Now, how many elementary schools would you wager are in the country of America? Tens of thousands, right? Yeah. They don't have the man. Now, remembering Cobra is also broke 100% of the time. So this is a long-term plan, which as to what Gina said, it's going to pay off 20 years in the future. There is no guarantee Cobra will not have gone bankrupt 20 years from now, especially given the way things are in current trajectory. So mm-hmm. that's a little bit weird. But they remove the teachers and replace them with literally Cobra Commander himself to teach this one class and hope no one will notice any of this. Yep. And by teaching just kindergartners fake history, they will all be susceptible to join Cobra deep, deep, deep in the future. An organization that has no money. See, I think like I think if we look at it like Fox News, 
like basically instead of instead of taking over the airwaves, they're taking over all of the book world. I mean, I can I can sort of suspend that disbelief, I guess. But yeah, they should have done this to like like a better plan would have been to put subliminal messages in their cartoons. Okay. Or even put subliminal messages in uh, their here's textbooks. Here's a better plan. They put those exact same textbooks in, the ones with William Shakespeare, the whole deal, uh, as, as, as Ben oh, yeah. uh, whatever, Rattlehead or whatever, instead of Ben Franklin. Um, you put the, you just swap those things out. Uh, the books show up in the schools. The teachers are like, what the fuck is this? They go to the school board and they're like, well, I mean, we already paid for them. Uh, and clearly, we did all of the research. None of them have done the research, mind you. But, you know, they they weren't paying attention when all the uh, voting happened. And they can't cop to the fact that they didn't pay attention. To it. So they're like, no, 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 no. We definitely intended for that to be there. So shut up and do your job. And then the teachers will just have to go, ugh. I don't get fucking paid enough to, to to deal with this. And so they just start teaching William Shakespeare because that's, you know, those are the textbooks they have. They don't have enough money to go out and buy new ones for all the kids. And 30 years later, you got a generation of Cobra kids. That's the second win. Obviously, Cobra has like been long since dead broke. But then, you know, uh, uh, people grow up thinking like, yeah, Cobra's pretty good. And then they just slide right on in. They just start with a grassroots campaign. Mm-hmm. Just get get elected comptroller, okay. and you move up. You get elected mayor of a major city, and then you know, boom, possibly the senator, mm-hmm. boom, presidency. Mm-hmm. Bob's your uncle. Here's the thing: today was the uh, uh, you know, kids for Trump rally or whatever it was. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, the uh, the Hitler you know, Youth, the, yeah, the, no, I hear the you. students. Yeah, yeah, the students, <laughs> students for Trump. So, like, it, I guess it is appropriate that we watch this episode today because if you get them young, then yeah, they will they will grow up thinking that the bad guys are the good guys and the good guys are the bad guys. So, I guess I could see this. I guess I could see where it, you know, it, it's nugget, if you will, its soul has something worthwhile there. It's just if you actually break down the plan, it's their plan it has problems. Is- it has a dumb. lot of problems. They could have made it so they could have actually made this thing work by doing a lot less work. Yes. And, and maybe that's just it. I don't know. Uh, okay. So yeah. The, so Cobra commander and a few of his crew has shown up at the elementary school where apparently they only teach kindergarten and they only teach six students with two teachers. That's the entire, and it's a large uh, school. Well, that is all of the uh, oh because they're, the others haven't yeah, gone to school yet. Yeah, there's a weird That's mention right. of how they start a week early and um, let you know what. Hey, this is the first time I've seen them actually make an effort to justify some of the weird shit. You know what? I'll give it. I'll give Doug Booth credit. You I'll got this one. That one. That's one. <laughs> <laughs> you get one so mercer's there too he tagged along in one of the vans when he was hiding from road pig with the textbooks in it uh i just wrote all these kids suck there. i hate them um, oh no i like the arthur looking motherfucker but the he does look the, like arthur the red-headed kid needs to be beat I, he is terrible like he I don't, every stereotypical awful kid of that era yeah, like I don't believe in in corporal punishment. Uh, uh, studies have shown that it doesn't work. That being said, I want to punch this kid in the face and in the dick. Well, Gina, torture isn't to get information. It's purely <laughs> for the morale of the uh, torture. As I understand it, Gina but, just wants uh, to touch a little boy's dick. This is all I t- This is my only takeaway. <laughs> I'm sorry you're about to get me too now, wow. but that's on you. Oh, this is gonna come out 13 years from now, and everyone's gonna everyone's gonna cancel me. Hashtag cancel Gina. Gina. (laughs) No, Uh, I will say. I just want to harm little children. I don't want to harm them in that specific way. Um, I thought that the characters were so over the top, the kids, that it was the the dumb bully kid who would turn out to be like the secret hero. Instead of like this nebbishy little kid that um, like clearly the 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 message was that like stay in school, kids, and be be smart and listen to your teachers. But like they did such a oh, horrible yeah. job of it. It's like, yeah, I I, I instantly um, uh, glom on to little kids with glasses who are like the, the ones who read books and stuff like that. Like in any anything I watch or see and I, I instantly have empathy with them and I'm like. I want this kid to be okay. 
uh, from the get go, I was like, fuck this kid. Uh, I, I don't. Yeah. I, I used to have empathy for those kids until I became a giant bully yeah. and then everything changed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, the, the kids, uh, Cobra Commander tries to teach the class. And so the kids start an eraser fight. Uh, and so Cobra Commander pulls out all the stops. He pulls out a snake and a frog from their respective cages. I started writing, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. I really thought that frog was in trouble because the snakes were headed towards it. the frog. And the snake's about to eat the frog. And then our nebbish kid, uh, hey, Arthur. Uh, or Hey Arnold, excuse me. No, Arthur, not <laughs> no. Arnold. His Arnold. name is no, now Hey Arthur. Not- it is a weird, m- <laughs> weird <laughs> Dr. Moreau mashup of Hey Arnold and Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> so Hey Arthur uh, takes the frog and puts it back in the cage and says, I, and literally the, the stones on this kid looks right at Cobra Commander, noted Osama bin Laden level terrorist. And he says, I... <laughs> I fire you, sir. I am putting this frog in the cage. This is the class frog. Thank but, you. But when he puts the frog down, can we get a sound poll? Oh. Is that what you were hoping for? <laughs> I also. Yes, that's exactly what I was hoping <laughs> What's for. What's hilarious is I actually asked one of the sound poll of Cobra Commander saying, oh, because it's so ridiculous. Like he just lets his kid oh, shove his boy. It gets, dick up there. It gets there. It gets terrible. There's a it's Cobra terrible. Commander poll later on that was all time, all time. Uh, I don't, I wanted to, I don't want to say all time great. And it's not even an all time worst. It's an, it's an all time <laughs> poll. And I, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Cobra Commander again. Well, I'll ask for the sound poll one more time for the entirety of it. Uh, but Cobra Commander, a terrorist leader, is trying to big time a kindergarten class somehow. And the one kid stands up to him. And instead of doing anything that would be in character for Cobra Commander, his response is. Oh. Is that what you wanted? <laughs> Where are your balls, Cobra Commander? Like, what happened to you? This is an all time low. And I think this is why this episode made me so angry is he is such a con. <laughs> He is such a like from the beginning. Episode. He sounds surprised. Yeah, for, he sounds for, a little surprised from the get go. Like it's called the episode's called Kindergarten Commandos, and so you expect. Um, I think this came out before Kindergarten Cop, uh, but maybe not. Uh, but it's around like the same era, at least. Obvi- obviously, it's like these hyper competent, you know, whatever's are done in by a bunch of kids. Uh, it's it gets super home alone-y near the end, so like clear. Clearly, yeah, the point was that um, Cobra Commander was going to get beaten by these kids. So as soon as it started, I'm like, all right, well, th- obviously, this one's already in the trash. So I'm not even going to I'm not even going to waste any sort of emotional uh, uh, agita <laughs> on this thing. It's going to be what it is. And I just need to move on because also, by the way, I fucking hate Home Alone. And I feel like the only person in the world that oh. feels that. No, I Thank fucking you. hate Home Alone. Oh my, oh my god. god. I quit. I quit. I quit. <laughs> that is the movie You're that monsters I, oh god, and I quit. I hated it. I oh, hated I, that I movie hate so much. You guys so, so much not right now. That okay, is a movie that I, sucks I have, the joy out of life. I have two things to say. I'm going to start with positive and move on <laughs> Wait to Wait a minute. This is it's a sandwich. Uh, positive, negative, positive. <laughs> I'll try to I'll try to come up with a third po- <laughs> with a second positive. Okay, positive thing is this is it's a very 90s thing to have the first of all, the class is very diverse, which is a very 90s thing. In the 80s, those would have all been white kids. But in the early 90s, especially like Burger King Kids Club, uh, they they started to be aware of that. And also they have the bully and the nerd. And I like the fact that the nerd is the one who immediately stands up to Cobra Commander. Again, a very '90s thing. If this was the '80s, it would have it would have been you know oh the 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 popular sporty kid is the one who stands up to him and and blah blah blah. But, but immediately the nerd kid stands mm-hmm. up to him, which I appreciate. You, you talk about the very diverse uh, cast of the children. Of course, only two of them are allowed to talk, yeah. and it's the two white men. Uh, the the two the two. Uh, I think there's a little black girl and a little there is, there is. boy. They scream. They, they, they scream all they say is point. "Yo, Joe" at the end of the episode. Yeah, there is an Asian scream. kid in uh, there. I know it because when he popped oh, up, yeah. I'm like, "Oh God, that's the weirdest caricature <laughs> of an Asian face I've ever seen." It almost looks like a Simpson <laughs> character, and I'm not at all comfortable with it. 
<laughs> but okay, but that was my that was my positive. Now my negative is yes, there are no stakes at all in this episode because Nothing. I I marked down that about nine minutes in, which isn't even halfway. Uh, uh, the kids have already beaten Cobra Commander once. That is correct. So so this isn't this isn't. You know, in in Home Alone, it's it's oh god, these 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 guys are going to get this kid. Maybe he can try and get out of it. And then there's one moment where it looks like real dangerous. Uh, uh, but in this, they're never in any real danger. And I would be curious to know if that's if that's sort of a network note. Uh, oh, we can't have them. We don't want to see Cobra Commander being being mean to kids. Uh, have him do, have him put the frog at risk, but not the kids, but there's no, I'm never at any point, even if I was a kid, I would never at any point be afraid for these kids. They just immediately call him a pussy and make Uh, him their bitch. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's upsetting. And and this is just the thing. And maybe Cobra Commander just knew deep down that standards and practices <laughs> wouldn't let him hit the children. And that's why he's so impotent. This I, entire I mean, episode. It, the entire series feels that way. Like it doesn't even feel like a network note. It just feels like this is the show we're making. We're making it for five year olds. So make the five year olds the hero of everything. Uh, so like that's just how. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It feels like it, it feels a lot younger than the than the Sunbow bow era. Without uh, question. But. Also, my uh, another negative. I thought of Uh-oh, another negative, negative, not another positive. So it's less a sandwich. Now there's now there's bread. N- meat, no, this and is a more KFC meat. double down. Uh, like the bread is meat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I don't know. Like at first, I thought it was kind of clever because the the kid who doesn't like rules or structure, who's a big bully, uh is is on Cobra Commander's side. And I and I get that because Cobra Commander comes in and he's basically like, yeah, no teachers, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and the nerdy kid who likes structure is the one who realizes this isn't okay. But I don't know what eventually turns them all against him. He has them read Snakespear, which they don't like, but they go from, and I realize kids are stupid and this is how they are, but they go from one second all of them being on Cobra Commander's side to the next being like, let's kill this guy. Let's get him. And I was like, whoa, what? What prompted this? I feel like we missed an entire <laughs> act. Yeah, well, here's here's the breakdown of events. So uh, after uh, Cobra Commander does the thing with the animals, Metalhead takes them out to the courtyard and says, let's blow up the cafeteria truck. And then he does. And then uh, Slice and Dice find Mercer on the roof of the building and they kind of win a battle in that they get him to kind of accidentally fall backwards through a a, a, a roof window that exists on the school somehow. Uh-huh. And he lands on like a pile of those blue mats, which I thought was also that was a little bit weird. The whole th- and then all of a sudden Cobra Commander says, you where like Mercer standing <laughs> there and watching as this ninja like jumps over like slices this uh, um, like a flagpole or whatever, then jumps behind him and opens a fucking uh, I don't even know what to call those uh, those like windows skylights, a giant skylight. uh, And the thing is coming down towards Mercer, who slowly steps back like the thing where uh, someone like uh, uh, gets down on all fours behind you when you're distracted and then you like fall over. So like this whole sequence of the ninja jumping around, takes like 10 seconds and Mercer's just standing there watching it. Like he doesn't move or anything. It's just slowly back up. They're no, on a fucking roof where he could have moved anywhere. He could have ran for cover. He could have like started shooting at the fucking ninja, but he just stands there while he does this whole thing. I'm like, what is going? And then to fall onto the mattresses after that, because it looked like a bunch of multicolored mattresses. <laughs> I was like, what is that doing in the middle of the room yeah. for no goddamn reason? I was infuriated by this particular sequence here it's it's as if they got a note from the network saying hey guys in one episode of this season can you make all violence on the show accidental yeah i could see that because that's basically (laughs) what happened (laughs) i just don't okay so all the cobra commanders like that's mercer he's a d go get him and all the kids are like bloodlusted suddenly yeah they kind of they wanted to strip, and the way they get him was insane. They just they open up uh, the the red haired bully kid opens up a locker that contains roughly a Doctor Who <laughs> infinite space of volleyballs, 
he opens up this one locker and the a bazillion volleyballs, which all of a sudden like come out of the locker and like beeline towards Mercer, who's just standing there. And while he is standing there and volleyballs exist around him, immediately goes, <laughs> whoa, and he falls down like a dope. At which point they grab the volleyball net and just sort of throw it up in the air. And it's like and it wraps itself fully around him, cocooning him. Like, I don't know. Maybe these kids are magic like the Fonz mm. in the time traveling show. I don't understand what is happening. But can I say and I can't remember. OK, I think this I think this is coming in a second. Uh, but when they OK, never mind. It's coming in a second. <laughs> okay, so now we get our, uh, this is where Cobra Commander's like, cool, now we're going to go back to class somehow, and I'm going to read William Snakespeare, and Chan, I need the sound poll because this was magical. This is my favorite part of the episode, was uh, the poetry of William Snakespeare, the uh-huh. Cobra Poet Laureate. I mean, it's not a bad poem when he reads it. To hiss or not to hiss, that is the question. Whether it is nobler to suffer the slings and lasers of G.I. Joe badgers or with high explosives, anger to invade, to attack, and if to attack. Come on, that's good. Good. I like that. No, I'm in. And the kids hated it. They have an eraser fight. A uh, nerd kid uh, starts an eraser fight in order to uh, save Mercer. He unties yeah, him. Yeah, this is clever. So this is this is where there is a very weird, very scary moment where they animate the little black girl to advance on Cobra Commander with a jump rope. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't notice that. And it is a it is a very weird like, and it's supposed to be menacing. Like she is, she is going to. Well, jump no, him. she's she's oh, jumping yeah. through the jump rope. She's not holding like a garrote or anything. Yeah, she's jumping through the jump rope, but advancing on him. I mean, she's going to do something with that jump rope. It's legit terrifying. That's the person of the martial arts movie who just stands in the back of the fight for like the first 80 minutes of the movie. Yeah, it's weird, too, because she with gets jump her own rope. frame. There's no other kids in the frame. It's it's like literally like this. Yeah, like it's like the scene in a movie where a, like a guy is like punching his fist and walking mm-hmm. up to you. And I was like, well, this is so weird. This is what's crazy is because uh, 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 Hey Arthur uh, <laughs> saves Mercer, all the kids are now suddenly being like, oh, we're actually on G.I. Joe's side now, which is weird. So G.I. Joe in the background shut down the factory where they make the Cobra books. So they've been able to like follow the breadcrumbs that far. We cut back to me just writing what the fuck is going on here because <laughs> Cobra is immediately defeated by Mercer and six Yep. five-year-olds yes it's 10 minutes in and all the danger has been diffused and they were never in any danger so i don't i i'm having trouble following why i'm supposed to be invested you're and i this is i mean i'm out this is when this moment happened i was just like i'm done like cobra cobra is not this this is so the cobra commander not a great fighter but he's 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 wily he would ne- uh, sunbow cobra commander would never be defeated by a five-year-old let me just start there he wouldn't be defeated by a 10-year-old even. I'll give him that much credit. Uh, although, at this point, uh, very we upsetting. cut to Slice and Dice. And uh, Slice and or Dice, whichever the one's wearing the fa- fencing mask, has his mask part way up. And there's like a weird <laughs> little pencil mustache on there. And I'm like, what is that? Yes, ha- it's like a f- weird, like, <laughs> stereotypical 90s French mustache. Oh, weird. oh I missed it. Um, okay, and so we also have this the moment that really hit me was when uh, uh, Impotent Metalhead is next to Impotent Cobra Commander, and one of the kids takes a gerbil cage with a hole cut in the bottom of it <laughs> and puts it over Metalhead's head as Metalhead, who has rockets on every part of his body, just sits there being like, oh, not the gerbil cage. Oh, no. man. No, kids, please, not the gerbil cage. <laughs> just kill me. I Just mean, kill me right now. It's very, it's very, ah, uh, no, the bees. Uh, yes, it's uh, exactly that. From the wicker <laughs> man. But also that is some, like, that's a, that's a, that kid is a sociopath because that's oh, no. all level shit. That's to torture. lock your head in a cage with a rodent and then wait for it to nibble your lips off. That's what yeah. that kid did. That's how this cartoon ends. He has no <laughs> lips. Oh, geez. I might have um, <laughs> gone out towards the end. 
<laughs> no, that's how I remember it as well. Okay. Uh, Mercer, so Mercer clearly wins this battle. He's captured all of Cobra with the help of again six five-year-olds. Uh, Cobra then shows up to the uh, the the rescue uh, party. So we got Road Pig, we got Overkill, we got a bunch of bats, and and here they are. Um, GI Joe now also shows up. How exciting! At the same time with their air patrol, I believe it was. Uh, or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe G.I. Joe's on the ground. I, I lost. Yeah, I started tuning out as well. <laughs> oh, so yeah. There are G.I. Joe's on the ground my, my because they have a new device called the Clacker a Clacker with the Patriot. Go ahead, Gina. Sorry. My, no, my problem with this part is if the kids were in danger, you would cheer the fact that G, that G.I. Joe showed up. But the kids were and are winning. So it feels like overkill to have a, a whole 10 minutes where it's the little kids fucking up Cobra and GI Joe fucking up Cobra. Like again, yeah. they were, if they were being held hostage or something, uh, then, then GI Joe showing up, it would be like, Oh God, are they going to get the kids in time? Oh, are they going to get them out? But it's just, it's now it's just like watching, you know, someone like beat a boxer who's anemic and, and, you know, underweight. And you're like, I don't, this is, I, I kind of feel it's, bad for this guy now. Like I feel bad yeah. for. It Cobra sort of makes point. sense that yeah. uh, you'd want to set up a situation where maybe just a few Cobras come in to assault the school and then you know, they, they fall prey to marbles, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but they make a point. Uh, I think even twice they return to road pig saying like, Okay, we're de- we're sure that Cobra Commander is in a lot of trouble. We're bringing everything we have, um, so yep, they make yep, that yep. clear. Uh, and it, it would make sense that, like, uh, if they were doing, they're bringing in all these uh, 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 Cobra things, that then GI Joe would come in like they do and have a standoff, so that only a few of the Cobra guys go in to you know to get taken down by the marbles and stuff. But that entire thing seemed unnecessary. Like, all you have to do is just like, hell, come get yeah. us. And like, okay, we'll bring three of our best to, you know, uh, and then we'll fall prey to the marbles. But th- I wonder if basically this episode got underwritten uh, and they were like, we need like two minutes of pointless battles. Like, uh, okay, so we'll just bring in a bunch of extra Cobras and Joes and they'll be fighting over here. And then we'll just have a couple people uh, come in for the Home Alone type business. Um Okay, so you talked before about the stakes yeah. being just non-existent, right? And so uh, the, the, to to point that example, okay, here's the situation. They look out, they have binoculars, and they look out in the distance, and they see Cobra is on the way. And they're like, oh, no, huge Cobra force. We're obviously undermanned. Uh, we're in trouble. We need to come up with a plan. So Mercer makes uh, hey, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, hey Arthur his number two. And then says, guys, like with the most serious thing, he says that we have to hold out as long as we can uh, uh, and hope G.I. Joe shows up in time. Literally, what, one and a half seconds later, he goes, hey, look, G.I. Joe's yeah. here. <laughs> so there's no stay. There's nothing to hold out for because both sides show up simultaneously. Make no sense. Yeah. It, yeah. It's it was I don't think these people understand story structure. No, and Doug Booth has has written better stuff. That's all, you know, I, I give him credit for writing some better stuff. So the kid's plan is essentially to home alone trap the whole thing. And this episode clearly was partially modeled on that movie, which was very popular right around the same time this would have been written. Um, so here we go. Overkill, who's a robot, and a bunch of bats who are also robots uh, are try- going to climb over the fence with grappling hooks. And uh, I'm just going to go down the list right here of all the home alone pranks. And you guys just stop me when you have something to say, okay? Uh, It starts off with a couple of the bats are scaling the wall. They get to the top of the wall and uh, tree branches were being leveraged and then swung at very specific spots on the top of the wall that those bats just happened to be standing at, knocking those bats into pieces. I was just irritated because earlier Mercer um, ties off some sort of catapulty situation and like, I'm okay. Yeah, you can tie a knot so that even a child could like uh, pull on it and then the, the, the tension gets released. Um, but in these, and, and I assume that that's what would happen for these branches, except no, they have like the little kitty scissors and they cut, you know, like a, a yes, two inch thick rope to make these things kapwing. I'm like, Oh, that's correct. 
that was upsetting. I thought it was kind of funny, but obviously dumb. So Road Pig shows up and he just knocks the wall down and says, well, if you know, you guys are clearly only going up on top at the exact spots where these couple of traps are. So let's just go through the wall. No problem. Uh, uh, okay. And so they run underneath the swing set where the swings have been fitted with giant rocks. So road pig runs first, the bats run afterwards. They release the, the swings, which is just don't run under the swing set, <laughs> I guess, but the swings take out a whole bunch more bats. So this is, we're getting our murder, but it's robots, you know? Yeah. Uh, then the requisite marble gag where they just throw marbles all over the ground and then everybody trips and falls. Followed by the immediately thereafter, the salad oil on the pavement gag, which everybody just (laughs) it's all over and then they slip and then they fall. So we get back to back slip and fall gags. And that's after the volleyball slip and fall gag earlier. So here we are. And then maybe my least favorite moment of the entire episode is the bully kid goes into where Metalhead is menacing people and he just starts shouting bang, 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 which causes all of Metalhead's rockets to go off unintentionally. Yep. They go through a wall, breaking the wall, but not exploding, and then immediately taking a right-hand 90-degree turn at Road Pig and start chasing him down the hallway. Every part of this made me (laughs) scream with anger. As well, it should. (laughs) I even wrote the next quote, and my next note here to that point, (laughs) this upsets me. Uh, at which point, G.I. Joe is uh, G.I. Joe is now defeated Cobra. Cobra has been defeated. Cobra Commander, again, there's no stakes. He just casually just walks over and sits on a spinny playground thing. Now, why any of this happens? And everybody's just, he's just like, well, guess we lost the battle. I'm just going to sit oh, here on this on. piece hold of on. playground back equipment. Up to the point where that I- bang, bang goes off because yes. there is a vocalization that is... That goes on so much longer than it has. And that is upsetting. Cobra Commander, like, yeah, he's running from shit, and then he falls down, and he slides on the... Oh, and then he runs into... Holy crap. I mean, aces to uh, um, uh, Chris Lotta, who just must have destroyed his poor throat. They just <laughs> kept going, and I don't know if maybe they, like, like uh, uh, stitched together like three days worth of his screams to make that thing, but just oh, and and to see that happen to Cobra Commander was disheartening. <laughs> oh boy, well that's very upsetting right there. Um, yeah, and so and then uh, uh he has a, he has a back and forth with Hey Arthur, who's rigged a, a like a what a helicopter engine. To the, which is clearly visible to anybody who would be walking up to this piece of playground equipment. So it's just preposterous what is happening in this episode. And then Cobra Commander gets starts calling name calling him, which causes him to turn on the thing, which causes Cobra Commander to fly yeah. away. And I don't even want the sound pull because it no, was so fair. upsetting. And he like calls him like you're like a brainy brainy kid or something, and it's like that's not even an insult. What are we talking about? What did you call me? Brady, Bradley, Brady, Bradley. Why would you play that? That is no. Stop it. Because he says it like 19 times. Why? Why is Cobra Commander here? Why is any of this happening? What? What is life? I don't know anymore. This episode may have broken me. But Gina loved it. So I guess... uh... Yeah, same Gina. episode next week. I, I said I art. didn't hate it. I said I same didn't hate it, and I gave I I backed up my argument. Uh, uh, little little Arthur kid, a storyline that wasn't just about getting money. Uh, uh, I feel I feel like I made some other good points, but I can't same. remember them now. Gina's actually starting a rival podcast to this one, just called the Kindergarten Commandos Minute by Minute Podcast, where each episode is an hour-long deep dive into one minute of this episode of G.I. Joe Decara. I'm saying it's not in, like, the bottom. It doesn't even break the bottom 20. What? Oh, no. This is bottom five easy for me. And I know it's hard, because there was a lot of bad episodes of this show. you, You scrub them from your brain. 
I mean, that's, hopefully that's the whole point <laughs> is we dump all of our brain juice yeah. into this podcast so we can walk away clean as if it had never happened to us. I mean, thankfully, I'm just brain damaged and forget a lot of stuff. So it's just easier for me to, to go to go that way, uh, dancing through life. Um, we cut back to the school to end this nonsense. And then the school kids are like, we prepared something real big. Oh, for you, Joe's. Oh, a real token of appreciation. And I'm expecting some sort of like, you know, like marching band or or aerial uh, acrobatic act. No, they just stand up and shout, yo, Joe. And we finally let the people, the children of color say something on this yeah. episode. <laughs> so we but officially they, passed. They, I mean, the Bechtel test. We get we get a very nonsensical end to this, which is it's. it's oh, do we? what you've got up here and then he points to his brain and then he says your education which that's not how words work <laughs> i forgot like, about that you yeah. can't you can't like that's not your brain is not your education those aren't the same thing i mean that's where you that is correct like it that part upset me more than that's where you put your education <laughs> That's not. It's what, not do you, that's what do you want them to point to their like work. crotch and be like, "Hey, here's where your education is, kids. Put it in your wee wee." Gina, that's why do you keep bringing up How kids' penises, Gina? <laughs> no, oh, I'm no! disgusted. Don't cancel me. <laughs> Hashtag cancel Gina. But I will say that even though it was the, the stupidest thing that I've ever hear, heard, it, it's what you've got up here, your education, which is enough to put this in the bottom five for me. Just that one sentence. They tried to end it with a sort of knowing is half the battle lesson, which is it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. It's what you've got up here, your education. Wait a minute, Gina, did you just say this was a bottom five episode? Like when a minute ago you said it didn't even crack I, I your bottom 20? That one sentence alone. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll okay. bump it down for me. But if they had removed okay. it. Oh, so we're going to, we're going to dislike the Snyder <laughs> cut. We're going to cut that line out and do the Gina cut of kindergarten commandos. Uh, you can actually see that episode cut on Gina's YouTube page for the kindergarten commandos minute by minute podcast, uh, which Gina, I'm excited that uh, you're, you're putting HBO this thing Max, together. So congrats on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's already sold it, ladies and gentlemen. It'll air right after Elmo's talk show, <laughs> uh, and we're not on it. Me and Chan are not on it. Just for the record, they recast us with much uh, more famous people. I mean, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Like i I knew that someday, uh, eventually, uh, um, uh, John Cho would replace me, and I'm I can live with that. Yeah, uh, they they replaced us with uh, John Cho and uh, Taraji P Henson. Uh, and Gina Ippolito talking minute by minute. Are you of the saying that they were placed uh, episode you of G.I. Taraji P. Henson? <laughs> Wouldn't you? Is, uh, Ray, do you think you're the Taraji P. Henson of this podcast? No, Gina. I know I'm the Taraji I P. Henson of like this I honestly feel like your wife would not be unhappy if you were replaced in her life like as her husband by Taraji P. Henson. I can't think of a single aspect of my life that would not be improved by just That's being fair. Taraji P. Henson. I, I, I have no notes on this. Sorry, this me. Correct and true statement. <laughs> I mean, why fight? <laughs> and that's our show, everybody. Kindergarten commandos. Oh, boy. Uh. I'm losing my mind right now. It's time. For Knowing is Half the Podcast presents Theme Song Throwdown, which is a thing that I made up while I was doing dishes. And I was like, oh, my God, this would be the best idea ever. And immediately I I, I had it blown up into like this tremendous idea that involved like dozens of people. And then I was like, or we could just listen to some songs and put it on the show. So that's what we're doing. Hey, uh, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I basically I made a uh, um what do you call that thing Grid? with all of the basketball you made a tournament bracket thank you mayonnaise I made a tournament bracket or mayonnaise with, <laughs> um I just got like a bunch of uh I, I had a bunch of people like tell me what your favorite theme song is and then I just compiled them all there were like fifty 
So I was like, all right, I'll cut it down to 32. And then you meticulously put together the numbering system based on favorites, weighted averages. You really put a lot of thought into which uh, uh, seeds went where. That's my understanding. Chan's Chan's child no longer (laughs) recognizes him. (laughs) I mean, he never did at the beginning. (laughs) Uh, It was a weird brain thing. I don't know. You got to stop shaving. Yeah. 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 Uh, Well, no, like, because... Cause it was so random. Like I definitely knew like, okay, we're going to have like a top four, uh, partially because like they're our favorites. So it's going to be kind of hard to, you know, like unseat them anyway, but you know, we'll try and be sort of like, um, you know, judicious. Yeah. Uh, that's not the word I'm looking for, but we'll go with that. Mayonnaise. Uh, (laughs) And then as I was going along, I was like, okay, there's like a, there's like a second tier in here as well. So I'm going to kind of put those there. And then everything else is just a a mishmash of all kinds of crap. But I love uh, it. Uh, so we're going to do I, how many matchups today, Chan? Uh, we're going to do G.I. Joe versus King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. Wow, that's exciting. So let's let's hear both songs and we'll talk about them. I don't here think comes, I, I've never heard of King Arthur, so I'm excited. Th- well, yeah, we'll talk about it. He, he never gives up. He's always there. Rule the world. He never gives up. Special Mission Force. Its purpose, to defend human freedom against COBRA, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. Now, look, here's the deal. Um... No matter how many times I hear that theme song, I was dancing in my chair just now. That is going to be so ridiculously hard to defeat on this podcast. I'm curious, A, if someone can do it, uh, and B, what the heck is good enough to do it. So uh, bravo to you, Chan, making G.I. Joe a one seed. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I have problems with G.I. Joe as a concept and like all, <laughs> all, sorts, of, all sorts of things about G.I. Joe. Um, and even to the song, like, like on, on a, on a philosophical level, I have some issues, but it's such a banger. Like it, 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 it tells you everything you need to know about it. And you know, yeah, you, you're, you want to like bump your fist in the air when it, what's playing. I I also think that somebody's ass. Yeah. The, the, the guy does a good job. Like when he says fighting for freedom over land and air, I'm like, I believe you, man. I believe that you believe in fighting for freedom (laughs) over both land and air. Yeah. Great vocals. Great vocals. It's dated, but (laughs) not in a way that, um, it's, it's not like, a. uh, at least for me, like I don't want to spit it out. Uh, I was like, "Well, this is this feels very Reagan era," but like you can sort of capsule there and sort of leave and like, like okay, yeah, yeah, that's well, I, that's what it's doing. I would actually argue that it, it yes, it is that it, this is definitely a Reagan era nineteen eighties rah rah let's go America theme song. But the purity of heart is there, and it really shines through the performance of the vocals, and and you could just tell that the people making this gave a crap about what they were doing and they really wanted it to be good. And, and they really like killed it with this theme song. I stopped listening after Chan said he doesn't want to spit it out. Okay. Fair, (laughs) fair. Uh, King Arthur and the Knights of justice. A, I had never heard of the cartoon. Uh, guess what we're doing next week. (laughs) (laughs) It was, uh, brought to me by, uh, uh, Alex Fernie. Who's a, a comedian in Los Angeles. A uh, great guy, and like he, one of the smartest people I know. So when he, you know, dropped this, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna put it in there. I'm not even gonna listen to it. Uh, we're just, we're just gonna like let it hang. Uh, I did listen to it yesterday, and I was like, dang, like 
I, I mean, here, here we go. And then, from the field of the future, a new king will come to save the world of the past. That was like the, unicorn wizard on the side of the van, 70s hair metal. Amazing. From, from the uh, the animation of the intro, apparently it's like uh, a football team gets like uh, zapped back to the medieval times Hold where up. they become like King Arthur and the knights. And uh, yeah, and there's like wizards ah. and, and flying uh, demon knights. And I feel like, like I watched that show shit. back when I was a kid. That is ringing a lot of bells right now. I'm not going to lie. The opening voiceover was spot on. It was good. It was good. Uh, that guitar riff was strong, too. I'm not going to lie. Um, it, it felt a lot like music I listened to when I was 10 years old. Uh, first off, at the, uh, the the melody sounds a lot like uh, Cruel Banana Ramus Cruel Summer. Cruel yes. Summer. Oh, oh, yes. I'm so glad you said that. I was thinking that throughout the whole song. Uh, yes. Cruel Summer. Uh, I'm glad we're we're on the same page here. We are, and and you know what? I don't hate it. It's yeah, fine. me neither. Uh, I, yeah, I, I want to ask the, a question. How is that possibly an eight seed? That that is that is a banger. That's a good song. That's the thing is that I had never heard it, so I didn't know, and I okay. just dropped it in there. Uh, I assumed that it would get crushed by GI Joe, but as I was listening to him, I'm like, dude, this is like, I mean, this is not uh, um, top notch Ronnie James Dio, but oh, this could be yeah. like a middle you know, like middle of the road uh, yeah. song by him. Like yeah. it, it's, it rips. And then that key change uh, near the end, I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. I, I am could into sure, this. I could picture this being played in uh, uh, one of the nightmare on Elm streets, probably nightmare on Elm street <laughs> three, the dream three. warriors. Dream warriors I was, yeah. It had to be three. That's the only <laughs> yeah. one. That's the only one for me. It could um, be a Dawkins song. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Um, well, this, so we're going to have to ask the question right now. Uh, uh, is that was excellent. Like, look, King Art, that's a great song. Uh, a show I think we need to do immediately on Knowing Is Half the Podcast. Uh, well, like the show, okay, the show itself looks like trash. Let's do like, it. Yeah, perfect. So, um, I, it was it was it a banger enough to overtake number one seed GI Joe? Uh, what do you guys think? I'm going yes. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. For me, it was a yes because I immediately like. Here's the thing. I've heard the G.I. Joe theme song a lot of times, so I was definitely bopping in my seat. But it was it was a it was more a recognition bop as opposed to a yeah, I want to listen to this in my free time. But when when that voiceover started for the King Arthur, I was like, wow, I'm sucked in immediately. And then the guitar riff started. There was a horse neighing at some point in there, which I really <laughs> liked. I heard swords clashing and sounds of magic. It had everything I wanted, and I was immediately bopping, even though I'd never heard it before. And I actually thought, "Oh, I got to listen to this again." Interesting. I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll take the other side. I think all the things that you said, but GI Joe is just like that's the sound of my heart beating. Oh, <laughs> you're biased. Song? You're biased. Well, of course, I am. Um, I will put my vote towards GI Joe, uh, although it was a lot closer than I expected it to be. Walking in the door. Um, I would say right now, uh, I mean, GI Joe theme song is that is just iconic. And there's a reason we didn't really know of this song. And it's because it didn't, it didn't hit the same way that the GI Joe song did. Uh, if there was a way that I could say, uh, uh, to put a thumb in the middle and not choose either one, I would absolutely do that. Hashtag uh, nobody because- wins. 
<laughs> kind of, yeah. And I wish we had some sort of setup so that we could uh, uh, have people vote on it. Uh, but we, well, well, I guess that's next year when we do this again. Jen, what's to <laughs> but, stop us from doing a, a top uh, four losers bracket and have somebody play their way back into the tournament again? Oh, snap. All right. Done and done. Um, uh, all right. B- bearing in mind that that is the thing we're going to do. And this one is definitely going to make it into that loser's bracket that will come back for another uh, shot at this. I'm going to give it to G.I. Joe because no! that one has stood the test of time. It really has. But, uh, this one is super good. Oh. And, uh, and we look I- forward to seeing it, it compete chance. further in this tournament in a loser's bracket. You yeah. are wrong. You are wrong. So, guys, do you have anything you want to plug this week uh, before we get out of here? Nah. No, I didn't think so. Me neither. Let's just get right to the end because we had lots of stuff going on this week. Uh, you can check us out online at Knowing Is Half the Podcast, uh, Facebook.com slash Knowing Is Half the Podcast, or Patreon.com slash Knowing Is Half the Podcast. If you would like um, a little uh, heads up on some of the music stuff that we're going to be doing on the show, we're doing a, of course, you just heard it, a cartoon theme song tournament to find out the best cartoon theme song of all time. Very, very exciting stuff, and and you just heard part one of it on this episode today. You can actually get uh, extra behind-the-scenes bonus, whatever you want to say, ahead of time at patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. We also have like 400-some-odd episodes of the show that you can listen to as well, and why the heck wouldn't you? You can also check us out uh, on Twitter at G.I. Joe Podcast or at Prez Serpentor with a Z, uh, a fun account where uh, Cobra Emperor Serpentor has been named President of the United States in a 2016 election shocker, and his life mirrors the life of today, even now. Very excited about Cobra Insurance. I don't think he really understands what it is. I'll just put it out there. Uh, otherwise, uh, individually, you can hit me up on at Twitter. I am at Almighty Ray. I'm at Gina Ippy. And that is our episode, Kindergarten Commandos. Boy, what will they do next? I don't know. Uh, this one really hurt a lot. It's Gina's favorite, so we can't bash it too hard. Can't do it. And and look for the and look for the kindergarten commandos minute by minute podcast starring Gina Ippolito, John Cho, and Taraji P Henson, using of course the uh, Gina cut of this episode of GI Joe. Look for it on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher Premium. Uh, canonically, today. it's on HBO Max. So let's not forget that. <laughs> Also we HBO Max. Also after fucking Podbean. It's HBO Max, man. They've got Warner Brothers. They got Batman money behind that shit. And they got Batman money behind that shit today. Hi, I'm Kevin Goatee. Hey, I'm Kevin Israel. We host Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best and most unique movie debate podcast out there. Why? Because we invite our guests to pick a film that they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. They must pick a film that is a financial success, widely beloved, or critically acclaimed. That's right. Some of the films our guests have tried to eviscerate, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, Ghostbusters? You can find us on all podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you want to watch our smiling faces, we're also on YouTube. Guttingthesacredcow.com is where you find all of our information. And we look forward to our guests infuriating you when they attack your favorite films.